Hi, this is Alex. And this is Ellen. And you're listening to our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. Uh, This week, we are talking about A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Um, It is book two in the A Blood and Ash series. Um, Or Blood and Ash series, because it's a Blood and Ash novel. So, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Um... (laughs) Thankfully, this book picks up directly after where the first book ended. Literally, um. <laughs> literally the same exact conversation. Like you wouldn't, you could just put the books together. They Exactly. They, yeah. Thankfully. However, the end of the first book is a doozy. If right. If you don't have the second one to pick up like we did, thank oh, goodness. <laughs> girl, that's, I, I was just telling Alex before we started recording, I was like, I haven't picked up book three yet and I'm just so, book four is not out yet and I'm already just like, she has a habit of ending this on a cliffhanger and I just, I think that that's, it's going to happen again and we won't have the next book and <sighs> anyways, so this book... <laughs> continues the story of Poppy and Castile and their adventure and their um, story together. Um, And holy shit, it's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like it's weird because like that's technically what the book is about, right? It's just like a continuation of their story and their adventure and their travels and but like still somehow it's 630 pages long and not a minute at least to me felt out of place right mhm so i agree with that assessment um, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that is your short synopsis from yeah. ellen <laughs> um, and now we're going to insert our typical spoiler alert mm-hmm. we will be talking about this book in depth it yep. is possible that and highly probable that we will be referencing the first book from Blood and Ash in this series as well. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read either of those and care about spoilers, please pause here, go and read them because they are freaking amazing. Yes. And then come back and listen with us um, because we have a lot to discuss. <laughs> and if you don't care about spoilers, then you're welcome to stay. Well, I mean, anyone's welcome to stay the entire time, but, you know. No, just... the people who care about spoilers are not welcome to stay because spoilers, but then they better come back. Okay, okay, okay. That's fair. Right? Because I don't want them to be like, oh, we're welcome to stay, and we like spoilers. Don't like spo. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh... <laughs> so this episode's going well. <laughs> yeah. We're doing great. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Okay. <laughs> Let us talk about our favorite. I was just going to say, Alex. Ellen. Did you have Uno favorite character? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite was Poppy. I thought, again, basically all I'm the reasons surprised why. surprised again. Okay. I loved her last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's amazing. I love her, like, responses to Castile. Like, the <laughs> the witty comebacks between the two of them mm-hmm. are amazing. 
Um, I love how much she, like, fights for other people, and um, she's just a freaking badass, too. Mm -hmm. So, and then I also wrote to myself a note, like, and I'm also kind of enjoying Kieran. So, like, mm-hmm. there's a potential for favorite character in the next books, possibly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got so it. So you think, did you think I was going to say Castile? Yeah. Interesting. I know. I'm breaking up my patterns. You are. Two books in a row. I know. I know. It's pretty crazy. Who are you and where's the real Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. Unclear. So... How about you? I'm assuming you didn't only have one. <laughs> wow, it's like you know me really well or something like that. <laughs> um, do you want to guess how many I had? Uh, I'm going to say three. Okay. You're correct. <laughs> I had three favorite characters. I couldn't pick. Um, do you think you know who my three favorite characters are? Um... No, no, I'm not. I'm not positive. I know oh. for sure one of them, but I'm not, I'm okay. not positive about that. So others. Poppy, again, yeah. adore her. She's amazing. All of the reasons you loved her. All of the reasons I loved her in the first book. Um, just, I love her. She's, I love it. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just have a lot of feelings and I just love it so much. Um you don't even know how to express that. I don't like of those words. It's so funny. I I feel like in in the best way. I feel shell shocked by these books. Like, mm. like just like I just I feel like I need to to like reread them and reread them and like just like like sink deeper and deeper and deeper into the storylines and. I feel like this is going to be a really good book once we've gotten all of the books. I think for sure there have been five that are announced. You know, there's three out currently. Um, And I just, I, I just know that this is going to be one of those series that like, it's going to be really cool to read them all through once they're all out. Um, Because... There's going to be so many little, like, Easter eggs and nuggets and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So, back to favorite characters. Poppy. Duh. Duh. Castile. Duh. Like, I just <laughs> love him. Like, he's, mm-hmm. for all the reasons that I liked him in the first book, right? Like, he's just, he's supportive and he even when he doesn't want her to fight, he lets her like he's and and I hate saying lets her, but like he allows her to make her own decisions for herself. And then even if he's uncomfortable with it, he knows that he doesn't truly have any say in what she gets to do and what she doesn't get to do. And he's funny and very attractive. And (laughs) like, you know, just, very quickly added to the, you know, short list of my favorite book boyfriends, right? Like, just um, love him. Mm-hmm. And then, do you think you know who my third favorite character is? 
No, I'm not sure about this one. Okay. It's Kieran. Um, I, for a lot of the same reasons that I like Castile, because I feel like they're kind of two sides to the same coin. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I just, and I love his banter with Poppy. And I love that he hates all the questions that she asks. And all of the times where she's like, I have a question. And he's like, literally no one is surprised. Like, I just, (laughs) um, and I just... I liked him so much with the little glimpse that we got of him at the end of the first book. And then just every glimpse from there that we got Mm -hmm. of him afterwards, I was like, okay, yep, I'm here. I get it. I like him. So yeah, those are my three favorites and Mm -hmm. I can't pick just one. So, (laughs) and you can't make me. (laughs) That's fine. Okay. Thanks. I tried to make myself pick, just two and that didn't it didn't work (laughs) it didn't work so that's why you guys got three i think we're okay with that okay good alex yes did you have a favorite part did you have a favorite series of parts mine was a series of parts again you like your themes or whatever we'll call them yeah um i really enjoyed all of the scenes where they were horseback riding and just like the interactions with Castile and Poppy were always great. Like the banter was always great. Yeah. But when they were on horseback, you got this added layer on top of the great banter of like him teasing her physically, which mm-hmm. I just thought was hilarious. Cause she was like, this is inappropriate. <laughs> um, but mostly it was more so Like, the way that they interacted physically. Yeah. Like, how she, like, remembered with her parents how her dad, like, always used to just, like, constantly be, like, touching her mom to just, Mm -hmm. like, like, make sure she was still there kind of thing. Yeah. She could see that. You can see that with Castile. He's, like, constantly, you know, pulling her up against him or, you know, and the, the... you can really see that when they're on horseback, and I just think it's so cute, yes. and I love reading about One it. One of my favorite ones is when he they were on separate horses, and he wanted to kiss her, and he was like, and now all I want to do is kiss you, and you're on your own horse. This is the worst idea I've ever had. Like, I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, they're really adorable. They are. So those are my favorites. Okay. Um, not that I didn't love the rest of the book because yeah. I did. Yeah. But those were like when I was thinking about it because I, I was just like, I can't just choose one scene that was like the best scene. So right. I'm just going to pull out some portions of the book that made me really happy. So Good. I like that's it. That's what mine was. How about you? So I had two favorite parts. Okay. The first was them fighting the Dead Bones clan. Oh. Excuse me. Okay. Um, and not so much the... F- I mean, the fighting was cool. I, I love a good fight scene. I love, you know... Um, but I think... I'm going to call her Jennifer because she and I are on first name basis, of course. Um, I think she does a really good job of... Um, sprinkling in I mean banter everywhere which is great but especially in 
like fight scenes. And it is my Mm, favorite mm -hmm. to have like these tidbits of humor while people are fighting. Right. And so like we get this whole scene where like, you know, Castile's been impaled by three arrows and he's still fighting and he's like and he like comes back to her and she's like you're wounded and he's like there it's annoying and she's like three arrows in your back is annoying and like um then there's the whole part where she was fighting the the one that like snuck up on her that like she eventually mm-hmm. kills and he like collapses on top of her and um, he's like what kind of bitch are you and she's like I'm this kind of bitch and then she like kills him and I'm like Um, or like when the fighting first starts and she, um, is panicking at first and then she has that moment where she like stills herself and she remembers like Victor saying that steady hands are whatever. And and then she, there's this part where it's like, and my hands were steady now. And I just got like chills and I was like, oh, she's going to kill some people. (laughs) You're so bloodthirsty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's because I get to be. Because there's no real life consequence to to being bloodthirsty in books. You know? Like, it's... It's... Mm-hmm. It's fun to just be able to let go of... Because no one's actually dying. No one's... Which is funny because I can say that when it's not main characters dying, but when like main characters die, it just turns into like the worst feeling in the whole world, and it really feels like mm-hmm. tangible. Um, um, but it's like, um, like that whole scene, and then the part where Kieran comes back at the end and he's naked, and Poppy is so uncomfortable, and she like can't even look at him. Like it just, the whole scene was just perfect, and I loved her balance of fighting and death with like comedy, like through the whole thing, and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second favorite part, or my my second favorite part, not my second favorite part, um, was uh, Kieran and Poppy talking on the shores of the bay sort of discussing Castile and his feelings for Poppy and why he's not feeding. And um, I saw it as a really interesting um, bonding moment between Kieran and Poppy, in addition to getting mm-hmm. more information about the oh-so-mysterious Castile. So um, I just loved that whole part as well. Mm-hmm. So those are my two favorite parts. Okay. But yet again, it, nice. we could have probably just been like, the whole book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Says no one. <laughs> I know, exactly. It's kind of like, I have another question. No one's surprised. Ellen couldn't pick a favorite. No one is surprised, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> those things. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay, Alex. How many quotes did you have? I had three. Haha, I have more than you this time. How many did you have? Five. Nice. Yeah. But they're all relatively short, so mm. don't worry. Because mm-hmm. remember last time I only had two, but one of them was like right. a chunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this 
first one is one of the instances where Poppy is feeling insecure about her scars. Okay. Um, and she has a, a flashback to what her queen had said to her, like, one of the times when she was a kid. Um, and talking about beauty, and I thought it was a really great way to recognize uniqueness. Um, so the queen says the most beautiful things in all the kingdom often have jagged and uneven lines scars, which intensify the beauty in intricate ways. Our eyes nor our minds can detect or even begin to understand without them. They would just be common and ordinary like all the other smoothly cut diamonds you can find anywhere you look. Beauty, my sweet child, is often broken and barbed and always unexpected. Mm-hmm. I loved that part. Yeah, me too. I was like, why can't we as a society talk about beauty like that? Right. Plus, why did it have to be the bad guy who had such a beautiful thought? Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I also uh, loved that right after that part, she was like, but I don't know if that's true, because look at Castile, and he's got no jagged lines, and he looks great. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. That's, yes, that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my next one... see where when does this happen okay so castile and poppy are lying in bed they're having a discussion i i'm not exactly sure when if it was like before their um fight in Spresso's end I don't remember exactly where this is but um she is finally recognizing that like she wants to be honest with Castile instead Mm -hmm. of you know if he asks her like oh you worried about me and her typical response would be like of course not. Who like why? What is there to worry about? You know, you know something flippant, right? Um, but instead, she's recognizing that she actually does want him to know that she is yeah. worried. And um, the quote is, where does it start? And it was strange how revelations felt like they happened all of a sudden, but in reality. It took many small, almost indiscernible moments over the course of weeks, months, and years. And this falls into the, my quote category of uh, <laughs> life relevance and really connecting. Because um, <laughs> my quote category of life relevance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I just had like a, a similar realization recently. Um, an experience so i was like oh my god that's such a great way to put into words my thoughts and feelings in in a succinct way that actually sounds good (laughs) that makes sense yes Yes, exactly exactly 
So that's why that one. And then, okay. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay, so this is when they're talking about, hey, so, like, I actually love you for real, for real, and, like, will you marry me, like, for real, for real, instead of, you Wow, know? that's, like, word for word what they said to each other. <laughs> I know, right? Wow. <laughs> um, and, I feel like I'm reading you know, the book it, all over again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in, in the process of discussing this, you know, sh Poppy's bringing up all of her worries about their... Oh, that's one of mine. I think I know exactly Yeah, about their say. relationship. And um, he says, let's make a deal that we don't borrow tomorrow's problems today. Yes. And that was such a great reminder because... I, I'm always worried about future things that I have no control over instead of being in the present where I can actually change things, mm -hmm. which just, like, continues the cycle of anxiety. So it was a very good reminder. It was also a fun and great way to say that, mm -hmm. you know, succinctly. Um, um, what I also loved about it <laughs> um, was that um like she's the one worrying but he said let's like both of us like mm -hmm. you know like yes they're her worries and sure i'm sure he's thought about it also and is worried about it also but like he just immediately lumped himself into the fretting and was like um so I, that's why that one was one of my favorites too Mm -hmm. Um, as a quick side note, though, I was also like, yeah, that's easy for you to say because you live forever. Like <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've got the, you've got the longer time to think up of a plan. Like I'm over here fretting just like Poppy. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> that's much easier. That's, that's an inch. Yeah, that's. That's fair. I didn't even think about that. That like, maybe he has a better perspective because he's so long lived. Right. That, like, like you've he, been alive for two hundred years. She's nineteen or eighteen. Like, she, right. She gets to freak out a little bit. <laughs> um, but no, I liked that quite a bit too. Um, so that was my f number five out of my five. Okay. So. Excuse me. Um, my first one comes um, when Castile and Poppy are in the library in New Haven. And they're talking about old bloodlines and sort of how they faded and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just something quick that he says to her. And he just says that um, all, ki all kingdoms are built from blood. And I kind of got chills a little bit because it's true. Like nothing, you know, um, and it felt like something that was very, you know, one of my quote categories <laughs> applicable to today, you know, as it is um, in the book. But like, it's just a good reminder that nothing 
no gains are made without um, spilling blood, stepping on toes, you know, like sacrifices are made so people can get to where they are now, you know, and it's important Mm -hmm. to remember that kingdoms or countries or whatever wouldn't be where they are if probably bad things happened, you know, and it's because it's so easy to be like, oh, well, I live here and in XYZ and everything's perfect and (laughs) we're the greatest country in the world and or it's easy to look at other places and be like, well, that place must be perfect because like mm-hmm. we have so many problems here and that place seems perfect. And it's like, no, nothing is perfect. And, and, and all kingdoms are built from blood. And I just was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. so I really liked that. Um, the next one was, um, they've left new Haven. They're traveling to Spess's end and at some point, she had been talking to Castile, and he sort of got really quiet, and he wasn't really talking back to her for a mm-hmm. period of time. And she, because she had mentioned something about Shay, but not, mm-hmm. like, they hadn't had the point where she fully asked him about her, but, like, she had brought something up, and he got really quiet about it. Right. Um, and... She thought to herself, um, I wanted him to talk because I knew his silence fed his anguish. Um, and again, I thought that was more applicable to just the, than just the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and about how easy it is to get lost in your own grief and how as hard as it can be, which is something that's really hard for me because I don't like talking about like really big, deep, dark, scary stuff. (laughs) You know, like I'll talk about some deep things, but like it's hard for, I think a lot of people too, but it's really hard for me to talk about big, scary things or things that feel scary or hard or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But I thought it was a really important reminder that not talking about it only makes it worse. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's not that you have to tell everybody you meet, but like you have to talk to somebody about it, you know, whether it's probably even like a journal, like some, some outlet needs, Mm -hmm. you need to let it out is really what I'm trying to say. Right. Like, yeah. um, Because if you don't, then it's just going to consume you. So, Mm -hmm. okay, universe, I hear you. I'm working on it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was just going to say, <laughs> Ellen, are you finally going to uh, heed this I mean, not, it's not like immediately I'm like, great, now I'm going to share everything. But like, baby steps, right? You got to start mm-hmm. somewhere. So, okay, universe, I hear you. <laughs> um, so my next one um, is the first night in Spessa's End. And Poppy... Um, is trying to fall asleep and she can't fall asleep. And But this time the only thing that's keeping her up is Pompeii and all the graves that she saw. And um, she's sort of like thinking to herself and it says, excuse me, I'm, I'm very burpy tonight. I'm trying to be really quiet about it. I hope that it's not like 
like my microphone is like burp central over here. I'm so sorry, (laughs) anybody listening. Um, Okay, so um, it says, shame slithered through me, another telltale sign that in many ways I'd been part of the problem. A spoke in the wheel of the very system that brutalized hundreds of thousands, including myself. And yet again, it falls into that category of applicable in more than just Mm -hmm. the book situation. And it's hard to come to terms with the fact that even if you were doing it unknowingly or unwittingly, being a part of the problem, whatever the problem is, in whatever mm-hmm. aspect of the problem. Um, and even just admitting that part of it is so big and so scary and such an important step into um, at least moving towards fixing the problem, right? Because nothing's mm-hmm. going to change if the people who are part of the problem don't even acknowledge that they're part of the problem, right? Um, but like, also that the fact that when any when anybody's suffering is anybody truly flourishing you know like right like can we all, can anybody succeed if not anybody if not everybody is succeeding and it's um so that that was part of it and then the other part was is that oftentimes these systems that are put into place in societies are not only detrimental to society as a whole, but to each individual person. And you might not even realize how, like she says, like brutalized you've become in this world, you know? And like in, in that specific part of it, I think of um, like toxic masculinity, like so many like people, feminists, whoever you want to say, however you want to label them, are working so hard not just to bring women f- like to the same level as men, but to help society as a whole realize that these standards that we have for men and women are not achievable and they're not attainable and they're not healthy for men or for women, you know? Mm-hmm. And yet there are still many men and women who cling to these ideals because they don't realize how detrimental it is even to themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, dang, book, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting deep over there's here. There's a lot going on, you know, and that's what I love about books is that I think we've talked about that in a episode recently, but like, um, it's a really, books are a really interesting way and an easy way to lay out issues that are similar to today's issues in much clearer terms and hopefully shed light on the issue um, without being like, bam, in your face, this is what we're talking about today, you know? So, yeah. And then my fifth quote was, let's make a deal that we don't borrow today's problems tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or uh, flip that around. <laughs> I was going to say, that didn't sound right. <laughs> it, it's not. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's what he said? Let's not, let's not. let's not borrow today's problems tomorrow. (laughs) Although also true, right? Once it's gone, you can't change it. So Uh I accidentally was really wise. So (laughs) (laughs) my gosh, I can't even imagine you when you're being intentional then. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Look out world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. (sighs) 
So, I don't know what your notes were like, but mine, so many of them, I was basically like, what is happening? Like, I had so many questions. <laughs> and that was the majority of what I noted. Um, I have a couple questions. I have a couple, like, instances of trying to keep track of, like, how different things are made and I, I'm still not clear on the rules. <laughs> um, and then I have a lot of just like like cute things, things that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, things that reminded me of other things. Um, Yeah, I, I, super random. I had a hard time keeping um, keeping notes, uh, taking taking, notes? taking at least like serious notes. Like a lot of them are just like, "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that was funny," <laughs> just because I was like, "I gotta keep going." Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I definitely yeah. found it harder to take notes in this book too. Um. <sighs> For the same reason. Like, I just had to keep turning the page. I know. I know. So good. Okay, so where do we even start? My first note says, oh, shit, he ripped out his heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah, that's something about these books is, like, there is a lot of violence. And... They're, like, totally okay with it. You know, if that's the world that they're in, that's fine, I guess. But, like, and it's not that I didn't know that he could be brutal, right? Because we saw him fighting in the in the last one. And, like, so, but, like, that, that escalated so quickly. Like, I get it. He insulted Poppy. Like, he made her flinch. I get it. He, but, like... But I don't know that that equates to like. <laughs> Let's rip out your heart. Your heart is no longer I part know. of your body. I was like, it was forcibly removed. I know. I was like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And maybe like that should have been like a oh hello. She means more to you. Then, Can I tell you? You know. Or, like, it should have been, like, a red flag. Like, maybe I shouldn't love this character so much because he is very okay with ripping up people's hearts. Like, right, right. It's either, uh, okay, <laughs> you would only do this for, like, your person. Yeah. Or, like, girl, you need to walk as fast as Girl, right? Not even walk. Run. <laughs> I like, I like how run was not even your first choice. You were like, <laughs> just walk away. And you're like, maybe run. Um, <laughs> but like, it's so funny because like, that's page like 27 of the paperback. Literally, my next note is on page 28. And I'm like, so like, literally my notes go, oh shit, he ripped out his heart. Next page. I just love him. <laughs> <laughs> Because on the next page, it's it's um, Castile follows her out of the dining hall or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, he like catches up with her and he's like, "There's no side of you that is not as beautiful as the other half, not a single inch that isn't stunning." And he says that 
was true the first time I said it to you and is still the truth today and tomorrow. And I was like, oh. And, like, immediately I forgot that he had just ripped out (laughs) somebody else's heart. Like, it just, like, his beautiful words. I was like, oh. (laughs) I know. And then, then this makes me question, first of all, like, us like are we okay if we're I think I think it's okay cuz it's in books. Right? But that makes me question then like situations that aren't books. Like how easily we are just like, "Oh yeah, that's totally fine." And part of, you know, the reason that we do that is because it's in a book. Yeah. But is that actually, you know, in abusive relationships or, you know, when people turn a blind eye? Well, he's not ripping things. her heart out, so <laughs> it's fine. This is true. Well, but also, too, like, morals not aligning or, like, you know, someone being married to like a cartel leader or you know that kind mm. of thing where like you know your significant other isn't doing good stuff but like you're still there and you still love them like, are you are you worried you're gonna marry a cartel owner leader i don't know if are they owners are they leaders uh i would say a leader uh, no, that was just the first example oh, okay. that popped into my head. I, like, I mean, unless I, I like, move to Kenosha, then, you know, maybe there could be some I was problem. like, Alex, blink twice if the cartel is holding you hostage. <laughs> um, I like to hope that it's just the suspension of reality, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. I know myself well enough to know that if actually even a ridiculously hot man ripped out another man's heart in front of me even if he came after me afterwards and was like you're beautiful I'd be like yeah you're fucking crazy though because you just (laughs) ripped out some man's heart like no (laughs) right but in this book I get to be like wow (laughs) so romantic (laughs) oh do you know what's really romantic when people rip out other people's hearts for you? Uh, but just in books. <laughs> oh my god! You know, like I, I think I under, I totally understand what you're saying, but I think it's just I know both of us well enough to know that I think I think we're okay. <laughs> On the flip side, I have been wrong in the past, not about this specific thing, but just like in general. I, you know, I'm not right. always right. Right. So, I guess mm. I guess we just need to find someone to rip somebody's heart out, and then we'll just figure it out from there, right? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the logical next step, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I I would say so. Stump, jumping right to the mm-hmm. heart removal. Exactly. Um, are you smelling me? That's literally what my next note says. Are you oh, yeah, because um, was that when Kieran smelled her? And oh, yes. was like, you <gasps> yes. smell like death? Yes, because it's, and yeah, he smells, or he smells, um, he smells her. 
Yeah, because it says, his head lowered, the bridge of his nose brushing my temple. He inhaled again. Um, but can I tell you, I had this moment because he was like, you smell different. And it seems like suddenly that she smelled different. And I was like, girl, I was like, you better not be pregnant. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Literally. I had this moment where I was like, I can't handle that on top of everything else that's going on. Like, <laughs> so I was wondering if she was pregnant too but for a completely different reason so there were multiple times in the book and she even noted this where castile and kieran were like constantly asking her if she was hungry and like making sure she was fed and she even noted like it seems like they're like always asking me if (laughs) i need food and just like thought it was weird and so my thought was oh, do they think she's pregnant and are just trying to, like, be on top of making sure she has enough sustenance for her Mm. and, like, a baby. Um, Obviously, that was incorrect so far that we know. Um, Good, because I can't handle already all of the stress that comes in this book, like, adding a baby on top of it. No, I'm not ready. I know. I can't handle, no. (laughs) That's too much. Too much stress. I know. Uh, (laughs) But, like, what do you think about, so, you initially were concerned that, Because, right, because at first he doesn't say that she smells like death, like. Right. um, He says that later. later. Mm -hmm. Because she says something like he, (laughs) what does she say? I even wrote it down, because it was one of those moments where I was just loving their banter. Oh, here. Don't worry, I wrote down the page. Because when they meet his sister... She kind of smells Poppy, too. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you smell odd or whatever. And Poppy's like, um. Oh, yeah, because what happens was she shakes um, Vanetta's hand and the shock happens. And Kieran's like, yeah, that happened to me, too. Like, when I shook her hand, and then he goes, oh, by the way, what does she smell like to you? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Vanetta is like, um, or <laughs> Poppy's like, oh, that's right. You sm- said I smelled like a dead person. And he's like, I didn't say you smelled like a dead person. I said you smelled of death. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then Vanetta's like, no, you don't smell like death. You just smell old. And Poppy's like, oh. So that's better. That's so much better. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I can't figure that out. So I think it, it, I feel like it has to do something with whatever the fuck happened at the end of this book. Like. Mm-hmm. When and we realize I, that, okay, she's not like human. Well, we knew she was. Or right, if she's like, human, like. There is There's something, something else going that on. we don't know about like, in terms of like what's possible in this. Like world. the gods are waking up, they're helping her, they're approving of her marriage. Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot more going on than we are, um, what than we know. And it, it's funny because I got to the end of this book right, and I read the last like chapters or whatever. And I've said this before. I think when we read the Night Circus, and it makes me sound really like conceited and I'm it's not it's I'm not but I'm not a dumb person but the end of this book was like what is like I thought like I felt like the dumbest person like I was like am I missing 
something I reread the last few chapters like three times because I was like, no, it's I'm just we're not supposed to fully know what's happening. Just that like Mm -hmm. something is happening. Yes. Um, That that a lot of things happened that don't make sense based on what we know. So all we know is that there's more explanations for what happened. And I hope they come at some point. (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, I was like... I had this thought, though, because there was so much talk about the deities, right? And Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. especially now that we know that Ileana is maybe not an Ascended or... Yeah, I'm so confused but about I'm, I'm, I'm what wondering. information from the Ascended we should actually be considering. Like, because we, so the Duchess and then whatever, whoever the Duke was who tried to abduct her earlier in the book. Oh, yeah, Lord. Like both. <laughs> Lord Cheney. Yes. I was like. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, I'm feeling a smidge uncomfortable. <laughs> Was this supposed to also have the same last name as um, a slightly disgraced former <laughs> vice mm-hmm. president? Like, ooh. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, like, both of them had said to her things that made you, like, question what you knew. But yeah, how do you know? Right. Like, That's the thing. Like, is she? So the Duchess said... That she is the queen's granddaughter, and you're like, wait, but the queen's an ascended, and the ascended can't have kids, so then it's just, there's so many questions. Right, but yeah, exactly, and like, maybe it's a total lie, but like, we don't know enough about Poppy's history and life and and family Mm -hmm. and all, like, so it's certainly is possible right like they were lying about a whole bunch of other shit like why wouldn't they lie about you know but i had this moment where i thought that maybe she was like a deity or something like that or like a descendant of a deity because there was so much talk about the deities and um like how um they could make Atlanteans and like I just I I thought or even if she wasn't a deity that she was like a descendant of one or she was Mm, more mm -hmm. closely in line with one of those lines like if it turns out that she's not ascended because I'm certainly I don't have an answer if I think she's one thing or the other but like if it turns out that in that instance the duchess was not lying um right and she isn't an ascended like, is that what she could be? Is she just, like, an Atlantean? Like, is she something else altogether? Like, yeah, I have zero I have no answers idea. and a million and two questions. Like, I'm just- Nice. Yeah, that's about where I am. I don't know that I was thinking deity so much as, like, the different bloodlines that they were talking about, how, like, so many of them died out. And right. I'm like, well... Did they actually die out? Right. Like, like the Atlanteans have been hiding for so long. How do we know that Mm -hmm. these other, exactly, how did these, how do we know that these other bloodlines didn't? Um, Yeah, I just have no, 
I have no answers and uh-huh. a million and two questions. <laughs> um, but uh. um, so speaking of the Ileana, though, so she's that's the ascended queen. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? So the ascended queen is Ileana. And then Castile's mom is Eloana. And I'm like, and then I had a moment and I was like, are they, are they related? Well, oh my God. What? Their names are similar enough that like, is that like a big secret? Like, is she like part Atlantean or is she of a different, like, are they cousins? Are they sisters? Are they, probably not sisters, but like. You know, like, I had all of these, like, rapid-fire, like, options running through my mind of, like... Whoa. I noted that their names were similar, but, like, my thought process didn't go past that. So, obviously, I'm not very evolved. (laughs) Oh, I don't know that that's necessarily a sign of... I was going to say evolvedness, but, like, just something I thought of, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Um, So one of the things that I know that we had questions about in the first one was like how things um, are made and like what are the rules for these societies. And part of me, I'm like, now I have a better understanding of it. And then part of me is like, I still don't get it. <laughs> uh, I think we're on the exact same page. Because I was like, well, um, okay, I'm trying to think. So Craven, I think I can tell you the Craven, uh, I th- unclear if I know... Atlantean. Atlanteans were made by the gods, made by the deities. So they're made by the deities, which mm-hmm. are but the mm-hmm. deities are like children of the gods, so they're basically gods themselves. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I think they can also be made by the gods. Like I don't think it has to be but like a deity made the first Atlantean. Right, because we hear that story about mm-hmm. the heart mm-hmm. heart mates. Right. And yeah. then the first ascended would was made by an Atlantean. The first ascended was made by Malik, I think, because he changed. Right. So it was the Atlantean king. Yeah. But the then... first, the first Atlantean king, like Elon Eloana's first husband. Right, but not we also know Castile and Mal- Malik's dad. Right, so we know that, like, to make an Ascended, you need an Atlantean. But we also know that Atlantean blood can heal. Right, so I do know so, how you like, make an Ascended. Where, I know like, how you make an Ascended, because so, I made a note of it. So if you're, if you're a mortal, and you're drained of blood, and then fed Atlantean blood, uh-huh. that's how you become Ascended. And then I think you have to drink blood afterwards, right, to, like... Um, but that's how you become an ascended. Okay, so if you don't have all of your blood drained, right? Like if you still have Atlantean blood, can heal be healing. For correct. You. Right. 
Unless you got you ain't got no blood left. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh because yeah, I made a note about that, and then I I meant to keep making notes as like we learn more and more, but it didn't always work out very well. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's okay. Sorry. So okay. So speaking of that though, our in our last conversation slash in our last episode about the last book. We had a lot of um, very different ideas of what the Craven looked like. Um, I don't know where I got wings from in the first one. Because, like, definitely the descriptions in this one were definitely... None of them were flying. (laughs) So, I don't really know. I mean, maybe you were paying closer attention this time. Right, when reading that's true. It to their descriptions, so um, your descriptions were accurate, and unlike and last time where you so completely funny. made them up. Yeah, but Just it's kidding. also like you didn't make them up. But <laughs> it's funny because I knew that Craven were humans that had turned, so I don't even know where I thought the wings came from. Because like, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't even know what, like because I knew how you like. Well, I knew what you were and then you were craven i didn't know how you got there necessarily but like and so i was like but still somehow apparently in that process they also got wings in my head um but in this one they were way more zombie like like because they talk about how they're like decaying and like you can see inside of them sometimes and like i was like okay cool great zombies i know what i can (laughs) i know what that looks like got it Uh uh uh-huh wingless zombies and then i had that thought i was like wingless zombies and then i got lost on a tangent in my own brain of can you imagine if zombies had wings oh (laughs) Oh, god no that would be so terrifying Mm -hmm. like yeah though i do seem to recall i think in the last book like when they described the um, the craven's hand that was thrown by the dissenter, but it wasn't a craven hand. It was just like a, I thought it was just a human. No, yeah, it was a craven hand. I don't know what. I'm and I about. thought I thought it had like claws or something. Am I misremembering that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember well enough. Okay, well, Craven may or may not have claws. I mean, I could, underst- <laughs> I could understand, like, things changing a little bit. You know, like, maybe their nails getting longer or their fingers elongating or, like, you know. But they're still humanoid, you know, like, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. relatively look human. And, of course, they're not, you know, straight up zombies, right? Because, like then they would just be called zombies. Like, you know, it's right. sort of like her twist on a zombie. Just like the mm-hmm. vampires are her twist on a vampire, right? Like, mm-hmm. Um, and also the Atlanteans are a different twist on vampires. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because they are, because they're both, they're both different, like, versions of vampire, you know? Like, uh-huh. One is total. They're like totally chill with their lifestyle. Like right. everyone's like, "Oh yeah, exactly." That's, to- that's all. That's oh, they they drink blood. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, 
Oh, man. I um, need to stop being so cryptic in my notes here. Like, okay, I, while you're trying to figure out what the heck you wrote. I mean, I know I, what I wrote. I just don't know what it means. Oh, okay. While you're trying to figure out what the heck you meant, I would like to point out that I had some, like, intuition, like, okay. one of those, like, spidey sense moments. Um, so, I had, like, two different feelings based on different interactions, and I have no idea anything about whether they're going to be true or not, but we meet this man early in the book, and Poppy says that she, like, his voice sounds familiar. And she attributes that to, oh, he, like, he kind of sounds like Victor. Like, he reminds me, like, his laugh, he reminds me of, like, Victor's laugh. Mm -hmm. And this is Alistair that we're meeting. And I just had a moment where I was like, I don't think that's where she remembers him from. I wonder if it's the man who met with the Duke when she overheard the Duke talking to someone when she was out on the ledge at the library in the first book, when, like, someone came to report on Mm. the dissenter, and you don't know who it is who the Duke is speaking to. Um, So at first that was my thought of, like, is that why the voice is familiar? Is because, yeah, and then later on... um, I had a completely different thought about also about Alistair's yeah about okay. Alistair's voice about because I think it was mentioned either more than once or if it wasn't I was just fixated on that was that no, she like, mentions his quite voice a few times sounded how much... familiar and oh. then she always attributed it to Victor and for some reason like that just doesn't sit right with me and I'll explain that a little bit in um after I finish this tangent, then I'll, I want to explain a bit more about how it fits into how I viewed this book. Um, but I also was wondering, where is this? Where is this? Because I noted it specifically. Oh, okay. So we get to learn a little bit more about the night that her parents died and she was attacked as she is having you know, these dreams and they seem to be more vivid and different things seem to be occurring. And so, you know, we're not sure what's an actual memory versus her dream, you know, becoming nightmare. And part of one of her dreams was this nursery rhyme about her that was super creepy. But again, (laughs) it was somewhere in the description of that was noted that like she recognized that voice of the man who was like that nursery rhyme Mm -hmm. like was saying that to her so then I wondered oh my god is that Alistair but then I after we like actually get to know him Mm -hmm. I was like there's no way like no there's absolutely no way But I want to explain the reason why I even brought this up in the first place. Like, these little, like, premonitions that I had that don't seem accurate at all. But I had them nonetheless. 
is because throughout this book, and like those are the two biggest instances to me where you just see characters writing things off and not questioning enough where they just like make assumptions like there's a question is asked and immediately someone comes in and says this is why and no one else questions that thought and so like in those instances where she's thinking oh I recognize this voice oh this is where I recognize it from and that just felt off to me there were multiple other moments where like especially when they're questioning um like, oh, why were some people feeling almost like this, like, shock? Like, Poppy was feeling this shock when she was um, meeting certain people. And they, you know, were just, like, writing it off or, like, assuming things about her bloodline or, um, like, the information that she was told by the Ascended. They would just, like, write it off. Like, oh, this is what they actually meant instead of keeping their options open Mm -hmm. like I just feel like that's gonna bite them in the butt like I don't I don't remember if there are any instances in the book where I've been like see see what you did when you thought earlier that that was wrong I don't think it's bitten them in the butt yet but I just have had this feeling so many times in this book that like the main characters are making too many assumptions and writing too many things off. And mm-hmm. the, the biggest, the one that sticks out to me the most where I just have this, like, gut feeling is the voice that sounds familiar. Mm. Like, why, like, why does Alistair's voice sound familiar? Yeah, I just attributed it to that it does actually remind her of Victor. Uh, and then I started thinking about, like, do we know exactly where Victor's from? Like... How did he? Oh, form, you think like, he might be like woven or Atlantean or, or something like, like maybe related dis- to Alistair, or somehow? like super descended, right? Because we know Alistair is old. Like we don't, you mm-hmm. know, like oh, like he could, okay. like maybe he didn't even know that he wasn't mortal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like like she didn't, right? Like um, that's what I was thinking more of, like because she said like even his mannerisms were the same like similar and like mm-hmm. so that's where i went with like he does actually remind her of Al, um victor um in in that way um i did think it was weird that the voice sounded familiar but then i was like does the voice now in her nightmare sound familiar because of other past trauma mm-hmm. like does the like maybe the voice at the time wasn't familiar and then i was like maybe it was like the duke or maybe it was um or maybe at the time it wasn't actually familiar but now her memory has changed it into the duke's voice or right. mm-hmm. like i was you know, also thinking that too like, like oh does it sound right like okay she's having these moments after meeting Alistair where she's like, his voice sounds familiar to me. And so then in her dream, is she also then like, oh, this voice sounds familiar to me when it like in actuality right. that it didn't, you know, Cause, you know, cause like Castile says at one point, maybe after her nightmare or whatever, but like our brains are not, infallible like our brains do a lot of weird things that like we're not even aware that our brains are doing Uh you know like (laughs) it's kind of weird like how much our brains do that we're not even aware of you know like Mm -hmm. 
the fact that like we always see our nose but our brains just block it out because it's always there and like like stuff like that where you're like wait what and then you're like well of course that makes sense but like you know and like memory is not I don't know that I knew that or maybe I did, but I didn't remember that. Yeah, so I basically like, just like freaked out for a second over here when you said that and was like, holy like, shit. Because like your nose is always within your eye's eyesight, like if you're looking straight ahead. But because your brain knows that it's, all, <laughs> no pun intended, you know, knows that it, your nose is always there, it just like blocks it out of your own eyesight. Isn't that creepy and crazy and weird? Um, but then like, you know, and memory is not infallible either. Um, my dad tells this or listened to, I think a podcast, um, where they were talking about flashbulb memories is what they're called. And they're like memories that are so like integral to your past and how even years later you have a very in like infallible memory of it but even that is not actually probably even very true to what actually happened and they were able to test this theory with 9-11 because it was it was a huge incident in our in the united states collective history that people knew they had an actual chance to study this across the entire country so they got a chunk of people i don't remember how many he said and like a few days after 9 11 they had them write down where they were what they were doing what they thought like their immediate emotions all of these things right and then years later again i don't remember the exact number i want to say 10 but i don't know for sure they found these people again and they asked them to tell them where were you on 9-11? What were you mm-hmm, doing? And mm-hmm. they told them, and then they were like, that's not actually true. And then, But they would show these people these things that they themselves wrote down. And some of these people were like, you're lying. This isn't me. I didn't write this. This is not what oh happened. Oh, my gosh. Because we, the, especially these flashbulb memories, they become such a huge part of who we are that – they it's so hard to acknowledge that what you currently have in your memory is maybe not like actually happening Mm -hmm. and so that's part of like what i was thinking about that too like because that was a huge of course horrifyingly traumatic part of her life and so then i was wondering if it was like a flashbulb memory type moment like Mm -hmm. okay or, you know it was like a mixture right because like that was horribly traumatic anytime she was with the duke getting a lesson quote unquote right Mm -hmm. that was horribly traumatic and i was wondering if they were all bleeding together if they were separate things did she actually remember the voice was it a voice from something else bleeding into that like yeah i don't know what these dance moves that i'm doing over here are (laughs) but like (laughs) yeah also was it just me or were you wondering like so when did the craven part happen because like the little flashes of memory that we were getting I was like this doesn't seem like a craven attack to me like I don't think I don't think it was I think I think they were attacked by ascended oh because there's a part I don't remember if it was right at the end of the last book or if it's in the beginning of this book um but puppy says to someone probably Castile 
that her parents were leaving the capital to live a quieter life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they were. I think they realized she was something special and they were trying to hide her from the king and the queen and they mm. sent ascended after them. And she was young enough that they were able to be like, oh, the crave, you know, oh, poor sweet baby. Oh. You were attacked. You were attacked by craving. So they were able to like change her memory. Exactly. It's, it, it's my theory. I could be totally wrong. It could have been both. It could have been neither. Okay. Like, so for me, I didn't have any theories other than like, I don't know that the Craven actually attacked, but I wasn't sure, like, what happened. Like, was it something like she got the puncture marks, you know, and the the scars on her from someone just with, like, a blade or whatever to, mm-hmm. like, make her, like, think that she was attacked by Craven? Like, I, I don't know. I, I was going yeah. all over the place, but I didn't have, like... Especially when she was being, um, especially when she was being bitten by Cheney. Uh huh. And she was like, "This feels exactly like how it felt when I was younger." I was like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep." Mm-hmm. And then the part where, so we know that full-blooded Atlanteans can't be killed or turned by a craven bite, but as far as we are currently aware, maybe not so much by the end of the last chapter of this book, but like she's, she's at least not full-blooded Atlantean. Like maybe there's something else in there. Maybe she is mortal. Maybe it's something different, but, and that was my other thought was, so even if she was half mortal and half Atlantean, um, I feel like a Craven bite would have still been, very detrimental to her right like mm. you know so that was my other part so, of it was like that it was just that's an ascended interesting bite. because i think i assumed that yeah i think my working assumption is that she's part atlantean like part of some you know bloodline yeah. And because of that, she survived right. the Craven attack. And I think, but then that doesn't make sense because then I'm questioning if there was a Craven attack. Right. Um, so, but even I guess that my theory, I think, theory is what is Castile like, was thinking of too, right? It was that mm-hmm. since she's half Atlantean, that's why she would have. But I'm not like you. I don't think there were Craven there at all. I think it was ascended uh-huh. that. Like, maybe she accidentally got cut in the scuffle or whatever when they Mm. killed her parents. Like, because remember, there's also a part, like, in her memory or in her uh, dream memory, whatever, where she, like, sees that her mom's bleeding, but, like, it's not in the right way that it would have been if it Mm. was a craven attack. Um, And so, clearly, they came to kill her parents and take her back to the capital is my theory. Um, And then somehow in the scuffle, she got cut. And we know that they can't control themselves around Atlanta. Like, you know, and so, like, that's why she was, like, brutalized is because they were like, oh, my God, she tastes amazing. Right. And then. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I'm liking this theory. But I could be totally wrong. (laughs) Like, you know, as of the end of book two, that theory makes sense. 
who knows <laughs> by mm-hmm. the by the end of book three if I will even still have <laughs> or the beginning of book three for all uh-huh. that matter. I don't. I have no idea. Um, but um, that's so interesting. Yeah. I also had I, I also had a moment that? like when she was shocking, but she was mostly shocking just the Wolven. Right? Like, yes, Castile felt a shock with her, but, like, everybody else, it's been woven. Mm -hmm. And so then for a little bit, I was like, is she, like, part woven, part Atlantean? And I was like, well, probably not, because then she would have had, or maybe not, but I was like, but then maybe she would have changing abilities, and she doesn't, at least at this moment, appear Mm -hmm. to. So then I wasn't sure about that, but like clearly something is going on with the woven because not only do they every time she like shakes hands with one, she electrocutes them, um, <laughs> but like yeah. she's also subconsciously calling out to them. And let me tell you, I had until she brought up the memory from book one where Delano came bursting into her room and was like, "You were," calm. I had forgotten all about that, me and so too. she brought that up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that did happen." <laughs> Right? Which just goes back to your point at the very beginning of this podcast where you're like, I can't wait until all these books are out and then I can mm-hmm. reread them because there's going to be so many Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, and I'm so intrigued to figure out what that's all about. Like, mm-hmm. mostly I'm just itching to know what the fuck happened at the end of that book. Like, <laughs> like... The queen didn't look happy about it, but she also was like, okay, yeah, you're... I know. Like, why Why did the queen have the reaction that she did? Like, I feel yeah. like there's so much that we don't know mm-hmm. that is significant about. Like she, like, she literally asked Castile, like, what did you bring home? Yeah. Not, not like, who. What? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean, What? What what is Poppy then? If you're even like right. recognizing that she's not a who, yeah, yeah. I'm I know. I'm just like, and then I'm also so torn because I'm like, so clearly at this point in time, she's at the very least very wary of her. But I'm like, I just want you to like her, right? Because <laughs> like she loves Castile and he loves her, and I want you to love her too, and it's gonna be great. And clearly your husband's trying to have her killed, so that's not great. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, can, <sighs> can we talk about their love story? Because it's... Yeah, that's better than talking about Beckett, because that broke my heart. But <gasps> Oh my god, can we not talk about that? Because it makes me so sad. Oh, I, I even just, have a like... note. I was like, Beckett, no! Like... I know why he did it. I get it. Like I mean, I, I know she was feeling fear from him. But I just I mean, that's the thing though. It's like he he I don't think he did it because he's scared of her, right? And like and clearly he feels so conflicted about it cuz like she saved his life and like but it's his king. Like I do I get it. Like there's you know, like at that like luring her you know like I, it's so hard right because like do you pick the person who saved your life and go against your king right or do you you know like it's 
you know, it's so easy being the reader to be like, just ignore what your king commanded you to do. And like, <laughs> you equivalent of 15 year old boy like <laughs> wait what do you mean his king commanded him to do oh well i just assumed so right so like at the end he, beckett takes her to the house of nyctos or whatever right um and then he's like seriously thank you and then he disappears and then those people show up right i just assumed on the heels of that guy being like, hey, I know that Castile loves you and has picked you, but the king wants his other son back and he's going to send people to kill you. I just assumed that the king. Oh, that's interesting because I didn't associate the king with this group of people oh i totally did like i i didn't think he was like actually behind it i thought this mm. was like a group of no i definitely thought that the king had i don't know it. like dissenters I think... that yeah like, i i don't know i i'm not sure who they're following but it did not cross my mind that the king i definitely i definitely thought it was the king because it, okay. it was on the heels of that elderly or well, older woven talking to her mm-hmm. and then warning her about the king right. and then why else would Beckett betray her because like if I don't not for his king yeah right because okay. because you know it it wasn't Jasper who sent him to do it because that was the only other person that I thought would have the mm-hmm. power to to convince him despite how much he loves like, cause he does, he loves her. Like not yeah. in like a romantic way, but like she saved his life. He really likes her. Just, he liked her before that, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and if he truly agreed with the other people, he wouldn't have bothered to thank her for saving his life. You know, like if he truly mm-hmm. agreed with the other people, he would have been like, Oh, what's over there. And then like, you know, <laughs> I tailed it. Right. Like right. clearly him saying thank you before he disappeared was his, like conflicted emotions mm-hmm. okay. ab- about having to choose between her and somebody else powerful. And we know it wasn't Castile, you know? So like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, wouldn't that be a plot? Twist? Oh my God. <laughs> I would never recover. Oh my God. Don't even put that in my head. <laughs> Although yes. Talk about a fucking plot twist. Oh my god. Thank god that there's no there's just no way that that's possible. Girl, let me tell you if that happens, I'm never reading a book again. <laughs> that's very clearly a lie cuz I will read a book again, but it will probably take me a while to read another book if that fucking happens. Okay. So, oh. should we use that as a segue to talk about Castile and Poppy then? Girl, I don't um, even know if I'm ready. <sighs> I have to say that, like, the banter. Girl, I'm has still mid panic. Like, how can. Like. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, like, forcing myself to not even actually entertain that as a possibility oh. because, like, it can't be a possibility. Also, because like, if it is, then I'm just, like, not gonna be okay. <laughs> I'm so. I'm. I'm. 
internally laughing so hard at myself at how visceral of a reaction I just had to even the suggestion of Castile being the one to send it to her. Like, or them, whatever. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Now I can't even think. Thanks, Alex. This is all your fault. (laughs) (sighs) Yes, Um, we can talk about their love story. Okay, how about... All day, every day. Like, ugh. That she requires a huge-ass ring from him when their marriage was fake she was like okay well if i'm gonna do this you have to get me like the biggest ring i've ever seen (laughs) and i love that he didn't even miss a beat he was like sure yeah absolutely it's gonna be so big you can't even pick your hand up like (laughs) oh yeah yeah i think what was so great about this book but also very frustrating about this book was like you can see that they care more for each other. Oh my god! Let me and, tell you, I have. Sorry, go ahead. You first. <laughs> and just like the amount of times where she is second guessing things and over analyzing things, where you're like, oh, oh, okay, because he mentioned this, he doesn't want to have children with me. Yeah. Like, oh, and you're like, <laughs> what are you doing? You were misreading everything. But also, like, how relatable right like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pouring over every single word and inflection and like oh my god I was like I get it girl you're wrong he obviously loves you but like that's (laughs) that's because I can I'm the third I'm the objective third party outsider with absolutely no personal interest in the matter right like Mm -hmm. if I were in that situation I would have been doing the exact same thing right like I would have been like well, clearly he didn't tell me this because he hates me and I'm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a burden and he can't wait I to get know. rid of me and like. Well, and that, but then on top of it, the <laughs> amount of times that because she's having these thoughts, then she isn't truthful with him right. about reacts. how she feels. Yeah. And so then mm-hmm. he like, and then it's just like the it's worst just a cycle. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The number of times I have so many notes. I'm like, uh, let's see. One of my notes is like, sure, let's pretend like you two don't love the fuck out of each other like um and then like um yeah I wrote I love all this just pretending you guys love each other like (laughs) um Mm um we're or when they got married and the sky darkened and it was like Niktos um, approves of your of this union or whatever Jasper says, I was like, oh, of course he does. They were clearly meant to be together. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so so you think they're heartmates? Sure. Or like, I like. I want to know what does that mean? Like, you can't just drop that Kieran out of nowhere. Like, I think you're heartmates, and then. Jennifer, you don't even tell the readers what the heck that actually means, what that entails. Well, like, yeah, she does. Is that There's like the whole a soulmate? Sto- doesn't who tells her the whole story about it? Castile, right? About it was the first di- one of the first deities who fell in love with a mortal, and he begged and pleaded with the gods and to made him. That's the first Atlantean. Well, no, no, because they didn't listen to him, right? So he died because he was brokenhearted that his mortal died, and then they realized their mistake. And so the next time it happened, they were like, "Yes." And so then, yeah. So like that's well, right? Okay, but that doesn't tell you 
like what our heart mates today and like is there you know like how in other books oh, there's I just, like a I mating looked... bonds with like your your like mate versus yeah. like a soulmate versus a mate versus a heartmate like yeah. is there oh. you know some so, difference see, in that's terms so of funny like because I things just like, that. like took that to be any union like blessed by the gods right because that's what made them heartmates was like sharing oh. that union and so when Nikdos was like thumbs up man because that's <laughs> how he talks in my head apparently um it was, at least was an indicator like maybe there's more to it than that but like that was an indicator okay. that i think they probably are mm-hmm. um so um there's still so many things that i want to talk about yeah should we oh i was just gonna say so part of their issues in this book were the fact that they weren't like fully opening up to each other Mm -hmm. and i was so pleasantly surprised when um uh when um Castile actually opened up to Poppy about Shay. And I was mm-hmm. so like proud of him. <laughs> like it feels so weird to say, right, about like a fictional character. But I was so proud of him for like actually opening up and actually telling her the story because it must have been so difficult. And then I was so motherfucking mad at Shay. I was like, are you kidding? I know. So at first, so he starts telling the story, right? And he talks about how they came, Shay and Malik came time and time again to like try and save him. And then all of a sudden, one time they like saved him. And I was like, what? Like how, like I had this moment where I was like, that seems like clearly there needs to be more to that story than that. And right. And then they come across the people in the tunnel or whatever that take Malik. And then he has this moment. And so then I had this moment where I was like, oh, still shitty. But she traded Malik for Castile. That was my first thought. That's what I thought, yeah. And Mm. I was like, so still shitty, but like, I understand it, right? Like, oh, you're in love. He's your true love. You gotta. And then when it turns out that literally she did it to save her own skin. And I was like, oh awful but then not only did she do that to his brother but then they got cornered in the tunnel and she fucking does it again and i was like no mm -mm, done like i was like girl Mm -hmm. i know i know (laughs) um but i still was shocked that it was castile who killed her right like even like i don't blame him (laughs) Because I get to be bloodthirsty when I read books. That's fine. Um, like, I don't blame him for it, but I was still shocked that he... Because I, I just assumed that even after all of that, like, a fight broke out in the tunnels, someone else killed her, and he still escaped. But to find out that it was him, like, whoa. <laughs> I know. You know? Yeah. But speaking of... 
things that they didn't tell each other and weren't open about. Yeah. Um, I had so many questions in my notes about, like, why does Kieran keep asking Castile if he's okay? Like, um, and then you find out that he needs to feed and really isn't interested in any blood except for hers. Mm -hmm. Um, and the amount of times where it's like kind of been brought up, but then is hidden away. So you're like, what, what is happening? I, I don't know if you got like the inkling that that was what they were referring to is like, he was asking if he was okay as in like, do you need to feed? Like, are you not, not okay until we, you're not, not until we find out that that's yeah. Cause why. I didn't, I didn't yeah. have an inkling either. I just um, assumed that it was just him checking, like, you know, just like, uh huh. cause they're, I, mean, I thought it was weird bonded, that like they you know? kept, they kept kind of like brushing off. Like, whenever Poppy was around and one of them would ask something like that. And she'd be like, wait, why are you asking that? And they'd be like, oh, no reason. Yeah. Like, that made me, again, yeah. I was like, this feels weird. But I right. didn't know why. Yeah. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, speaking of that, that was, like, a very um, explicit situation when he fed and Kieran was there girl and then you you know also the joining where they talk about uh i have a i have a prediction Uh uh-huh something tells me that that's gonna happen the number of times that this it was mentioned in this book i'm like it's gonna it's we're gonna have a nice little thruple going on like I have, and you know what? I'm kind of okay with it. You know, like, <laughs> you know what? You do you. Like, if you're happy, if you're healthy, if everyone's a consenting adult, go for it. Also, I'm here for it. <laughs> oh my God. Like, well, so the first time that that was brought up, I was like, is this considered a young adult novel? Is this adult <laughs> fiction? Like, um,. That's, uh, I, I think these are technically new adult, right? So, like... Okay. Um, okay. But, like, I honestly cannot imagine, like, teenage Alex being exposed to the possibility of, like, a threesome. Yeah. Like, that didn't even... That just, like, wasn't even a possibility that, like, I would... I think I would have, like, been scarred for life. <laughs> um... Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I can definitely see that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but, like, especially after that feeding scene, like, especially after the feeding scene, and then at this, when they were all sleeping, literally uh-huh. sleeping, just sleeping together. Um uh-huh. Not sleeping together. Um, and how, like, each time there was a brief moment, like the part in, like, the feeding when Castile pushed them both against the wall. And she had a brief moment where she's like, ooh, I am pressed against Kieran. And then very quickly was like, whatever. Right? And uh-huh. it's like, and then when she woke up and 
you know, it was cold. They were all huddled together and snuggled up close and whatever. And again, she had a brief moment where she's like, am I uncomfortable? And then she was like, no, not really. And I'm like, get it, girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so you're here for it is basically what you're saying. Apparently. No, yeah, I'm here for it. Like, whatever. Like, and, you know, I think it would be... Um, I feel like it's just so heavily hinted at in this book that mm-hmm. like, It'd at the very, right. And at the very least, I think it'll be at least one instance, but I don't imagine that it would only be one. And like, it seems weird that it would happen once and then they'd all be like, let's pretend that never happened. You know, like I just, um, mm-hmm. so, um, but I think it would be a nice um, and hopefully, I don't know, but an like, hopefully accurate indicator of like a polyamorous relationship, like they happen. If you're a consenting adult and you're okay with it, great. That's, you know, and so if that is the case and that's how it sort of moves forward, I think that would be great representation, hopefully, like, I don't have any really experience with a polyamorous relationship and anything like that, but like, yeah. And it would be a nice way to, um, because Kieran and Castile have such a close relationship and clearly Castile and Poppy have a very close relationship. It would be a good way or seems like it would be a good way to help ensure that these two separate very important relationships and even actually I would say even the relationship that Kieran and Poppy seem to be forming with each other Mm -hmm. you know like to make sure that all of those still get to be nurtured you know it's the logical next step seems a little bit like let's just let's just make these three points into a triangle you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) you know like it just Uh uh-huh yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. Whatever. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... How does... I also how does not, how like... Does, how does not Teenage Alex... Is not Teenage Alex here for it? Oh, I mean, I'm totally open to it. It was more just like a... <laughs> this is... A, is this... How old are the people who are reading <laughs> this? Like, because I've never experienced this writing in like an everyday like fantasy book or whatever like where they're just like blatantly this is my everyday fantasy this is my every other day fantasy book (laughs) this is my once a week fantasy book (laughs) um oh my god speaking of books just a quick side note i fucking adore that castile no matter where they're going, he has Oh my gosh, brings up the diary. diary. Oh my gosh. And let me tell you, I know for a fact that he actually also has it like in his saddlebags. Like I feel like we know for sure that like whatever, like whenever they were about to go to sleep with like Kieran, right? And he was like, do you want me to read? I have no doubt in my mind that it was actually like in his like saddlebag. And she was like, you keep bringing up that book. And he's like, I fucking love that book. Like, I just. I know. So great. (laughs) So great. Oh my God. I have no doubt in my mind that he 
definitely carries that book with him like anywhere that he I know but like her reactions to him are like so what my reactions are like every time she's like that's that's not appropriate that's indecent like like stop stop talking I'm like that would totally be me like Castile is like so open about like his desires and whatever and doesn't care what other people are around. Like the part where they're literally in the middle of killing people and he looks at her and he goes, is this a bad time to tell you that I am super aroused right now? Right? And I was like, <laughs> a little bit, Castiel. You guys are literally in the midst of battle, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Oh, I just... Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, I would not be able to handle that. Like, I would get so uncomfortable. I would probably be, like, bright red. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay. I'm trying to... There was something else that I wanted to say, and I can't remember, so I'm, like, trying to read my notes to see if I can remember but i'm not getting anywhere so okay wait i just saw this note in my thing so the part where she's getting ready for the wedding and vanetta is in the room with her and she's helping her get dressed and then vanetta's like oh they're here (laughs) and then poppy's like wow wolf senses are amazing and then vanetta's like they are also i saw my dad walk past the window (laughs) (laughs) i was like Yes, like... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Seriously, the comedy of these books is so But I just love that she was like, they are. Also, <laughs> there are these magical things called windows. And I just saw my dad through one of those. Like... <laughs> uh. um, and I loved Vanetta. I loved how she, like, like immediately took to Poppy... Like, I love the dynamic between her and Kieran. Like, I love their dad, too. Yeah. I really like mm-hmm. him. Um, I assume if we get to meet their mom, hopefully I'll really like her, because I like everybody else in the family. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, like, as soon as we... I can't remember if I felt this way about when she met Vanetta, but when she, like, first meets jasper like it was just an immediate of like oh i'm mm-hmm. i'm gonna like this guy yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think because we kind of talked about a bunch of my points like all <laughs> in one part of the conversation oh oh the blood tree <gasps> i was just gonna say okay so i have a question about that right mm-hmm. so when the first one popped up, um, after um, uh, Cheney came and they all died and whatever. So at first mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so those pop up where, do they like pop up where great like violence has occurred? Like that would make sense. They're called mm-hmm. blood trees. If there was a lot of violence, if there was a lot of blood, like... And then they pop up. Okay, that would make right. sense. Well, but then, except for the fact that, like, when the Craven attack, like, the right. Rise. And so then I thought maybe there was, like, like maybe not Craven, like, maybe it was something with the Ascended or whatever. But 
then I had this thought when the second one popped up after she bled in the temple or whatever. And I was like, so do they pop up when she is seriously injured? Right? So like, because mm-hmm. she was bitten by Chaney in that yeah. attack and that's when that one popped up. And then she was like stoned, which... I mean, I don't really want to be attacked by a group of people in any given point in time, but, like, if I were to ever be attacked by a group of people, I would really hope that they weren't about to stone me. Like, I would rather, I think, be, like, shot by a bunch of arrows. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I really thought about that. Because, like, stoning is just so prolonged, you know? Like, because generally the goal of the stoning is also death, right? But, like, it is just all blunt force trauma and not, like, the goal is, like, the goal is still death. But, like, if you're being fired at by arrows or bullets or whatever, like. There's a higher chance of sooner, like, death You're going to be dead much sooner, right? Like, decapitation. You'll be dead real fast. Like, so, (laughs) um. Not that I really want to die at all, and especially not because I've been found guilty of a crime. But if I'm ever found guilty of a crime and sentenced to death, um, I really hope they don't pick stoning. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, that, seems, I... that seems like a really valid concern with my lack of um, plans Morals. to ever become like a... <laughs> No, with my lack of plans to ever become, like, a criminal mastermind. But mm-hmm. if I do, just remember, I don't want to be stoned. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I I was wondering if it was something to do with, like, her blood. Like, she bled, and then, like, the blood tree came from that. But then there was also, like, to me, I don't know if I was imagining this incorrectly and this was actually, like, a representation of the blood tree the second time, but I thought that, like, there was, like, blood coming from the sky, like, the gods were crying blood or something. That was the second time the tree came up. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was just the tree that wasn't... Or there was blood, like... I think it was both. Coming from... Okay, okay, okay. I think it... Because... No, it was both. Because remember when Castile shows up afterwards, he has, like, streaks of blood from the rain on him. And he Mm -hmm. wasn't Mm -hmm. near the tree when it popped up. Right. Okay, so then, like, what is she? I don't know, Alex! if If that is what's causing the blood trees. And then... What about, like, the blood forest? Like, what what does that mean? Yeah. And maybe it's not the only reason that those trees pop up, but, like, mm-hmm. these two particular, inc- you know, like, maybe there's different right. reasons, but, like, um... Yeah, I just have so many questions. I know. At this point in time, because the series isn't over, I'm feeling very, um, I'm having some, like, lost vibes, um, like, I don't know if you ever watched the show and I never finished the show. Um, but I, cause I got to season like four and they were building so many 
new questions and new questions and new questions that I got to a point where I was like, I don't even want to keep going because it feels like there's too many questions to ever possibly be answered in whatever time frame oh. that they have left. And I don't I don't feel like I want to stop reading these. But the reason that, I, that I'm having the lost vibes is just like, <laughs> in, like sometimes we're getting answers, but I feel like it's just more questions. Like, <laughs> and I have faith, even though I've only read two of her books, period. Like she has many other series besides this series, but like just... I have enough faith in her having only read these two books that we will get the answers that we're seeking. But like at this moment in time, I just feel like I'm never going to get any answers. (laughs) I'm never going to know. Right. Um, But I have faith that there's going to be um, answers. I just don't, of course, Mm -hmm. know what those will be. Um, So speaking of yet another question... So when Poppy was telling Alistair about her parents, mm-hmm. right, there was a moment where it seemed to me um, that Alistair knew more than he was letting on. Um, did you have that moment? So... Um, they're still in New Haven at this time. Um, it's before he like is sent ahead to like look at the roads or whatever. Uh-huh. And um they're talking and she says Oh, she tells him about her dreams. Like, and she's like, sometimes they're really real and sometimes they're not. And um he asks for her parents' first names, right? And she says, um, Coralina and Leopold, Cora and Leo. I said, staring at the lamp, trying to remember what my father looked like. The memories of him had faded. That's what they called each other. And then Coralina, Alistair said, after a moment, clearing his throat. I looked at him, but he too was staring at the lamp. Or at the lamp. That's a beautiful name. One unique enough that if they use their real first names, it would be remembered. But there was just something in the, he said her name after a moment and clearing his throat that yeah, I was that like. it seemed odd. Like, I was like. Yeah. Huh. I had that too. I don't think I wrote that down, but now that you're, um, now that you read more detailed, like. Yeah. That, that, yes, that also threw me, but I wasn't sure, like, oh what that means (laughs) right so but that's like yet again another question that i have you know Uh like um because i do now that you mentioned that you think it was alistair who was that voice in in her dream or whatever i'm now having and i don't like this feeling but i'm having this feeling that Because remember at some point, oh, I don't even remember what was happening, but they were like, someone must have told them where we are or whatever, right? And like, Mm. and now I'm really worried 
That, like, what if it was Alistair? Like... What, that, like, he accidentally gave some information that somehow... Oh, no, you think... accidentally. Like, Mm -hmm. like, what if he was the person in the room with the Duke? What if he was there the night that her parents died? Like, what if... Yeah, so... Because he says, right, that he was the one who, like, broke his oath to Malik. But, like, what if he didn't break, like... Like, what if he's still working? Like, I just, I'm, and now I'm really nervous about that, Alex, because I like him, like, I want to like him so much, and I want him to remind her of Victor, and I want him to just be a good guy, but now I'm panicking. So, it's interesting because I was freaking out at the beginning of the book with because of these thoughts, but... I don't know, there's just, there's so much about him... That you're like, no, like, there's no way he's just, like, too good. And, like, what he's done in his, like, loyalties, where his loyalties lie, like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so, I, I go so back So, you feel forth. better and I feel worse? <laughs> I, no, because I keep going back and forth. Like I have a worry and then I, then I like temper the worry by no, but remember this. And then I right. worry and then I'm like, no, but remember this. So I'm also worried, but I, cause there's that really cute I'm part at the beginning worried. where he like pulls her aside and he's like, let me know if this is like, are you being forced into this? If you are like, I'll get you out of here. But then I'm like, but is he saying I'll get you out of here? But he'll like, take her to the to the king and queen like you know and then but then she like hugs him and then she's like oh i'm sorry that i hugged you and he's like that's okay like i love hugs and i'm like i love hugs too and then there was the funny part where he's like (laughs) castile and kieran aren't really the hugging type and i'm like that's adorable like of course they're not the hugging type but i'm like but what if he's just alex i was very content in just thinking that he oh alex I'm sorry, my thoughts, I had a lot of questions, and that's just where my mind went with this book. I will also be very sad if he turns out to be, like, a double agent or whatever. I know. (sighs) Oh, my God, I had this theory. (laughs) It's a (laughs) quick side note. Okay. Okay. So, you know how one of the big questions in this particular book is is Malik alive or not right right and I had this moment Poppy is remembering something or saying something and or telling somebody something I don't remember but she says thinks remembers whatever something about how nobody else is going to be ascending until she ascended or whatever and I had Mm. this moment that they they being like the king and queen um, had killed Malik on accident, most likely. And then they were, they couldn't make more ascended because they didn't have another Atlantean. But then they couldn't use her until she was the right age because she had to go through like the calling. Oh. And so I had this thought of what if he is really dead and that's why they needed her 
And that's that's why she's so important because they know she's at least part Atlantean, so she could probably like her blood could probably make more ascended. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I still feel that way, but there was just something in the way that that particular sentence was phrased that I was like, "Oof!" Like. And then, of course, like, if Malik is dead, we all know it's not Castile's fault, but we all know he's going to blame himself. And, uh-huh. like... There's going to be a huge downward spiral if yeah. that's the case. Oh, gosh. I hope not. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. What you're saying makes a lot of sense. I know. I know. And I'm remembering it how good I was with all my predictions in the first book, and I'm like, oh, I hope I'm wrong with that one. Well, that's okay. I was wondering whether she was pregnant, so, you know. Well, I had a brief moment of that, too, but then I was like, no, they're not, at least, at the very least, they're not going to introduce a pregnancy in book two. Like, that would be crazy, like, to, I don't know, introduce a pregnancy super close to, like, the characters meeting. Cough, cough, Stephanie Meyer, cough, cough. Like, It would be crazy to have characters, I don't know, meet, fall in love, get married, have months apart because one of them left the other one, and then be pregnant by the end of the fourth book and it had only taken a year. Cough, cough, Stephanie Meyer. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry for anyone who didn't know what happened with Twilight, but there's your synopsis. (laughs) Who said I was talking about Twilight? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I forget that that timeline of that series is so short. Okay, so quick spoilers for Twilight. It is so short, and you remember in New Moon, maybe you don't remember, in New right, Moon. Right, it was like month. He was gone for like six, five months. So like not even was it a year that these four books take place in, but he's gone for like four months of that. So the rest of all of those books take place in like... In a very short amount of time. Yeah. And and remember, like, when they start, he watches her sleep for, like, at least a month or two. Like, so Oh my like, god, I forgot about that. So there's that. like... So seven... Let's say seven months of this is, like, introduction time. And also he's gone. And yet all of a sudden they're like irrevocably in love with each other like mm, no don't get me wrong young teenage ellen loved those books (laughs) oh yeah hands down (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know i think there's a place for them in the world like does adult ellen have any need to revisit that world no but um as a teenager loved it as an adult i'm like Ooh, that's real questionable. <laughs> yeah, what are we teaching hmm. our impressionable teenagers? But on the plus side, the thing is, right, it's like we're not teaching, I mean, theoretically we're not, te- as long as we can teach them to be critical thinkers, you know, like we're not teaching them that that's okay. We're just saying like, maybe think about that a little bit, you know? Because even, I remember even at the time being like, because I was... Team Jacob. <laughs> I was not a Team Edward person. Um, because at, even at 13, I was like, he's watching her sleep? 
and they haven't like even introduced each other to each other yet that seems creepy dear edward creepy you know so mm-hmm. um i don't know how we got talking about twilight I was going to try to, like, segue it back into this book, and I, <laughs> I, at this point, don't remember how we even got there, so I can't even make the segue back to this book. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really know that I have anything else to talk about. Okay, I've got a lot to talk about still, so we're just going to, like... Okay, cool. Okay, so I wanted to talk about... So when... Lord Cheney comes to um, New Haven. There is the moment, right, when he's got the little boy and mm-hmm. sh- and Poppy, like, jumps out and she's like, leave the boy alone and I'll come with you. And I was like, girl, do you think he's gonna, do you think baby dreaming ascended man is gonna be like, sure, I'll leave this little boy alone I'm a man of my word. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> like, I don't think I would have been in the right frame of mind to realize that, though, either. Like, oh, I've, I wouldn't you know. either. You know, I would do something, you know, I hope I would do something valiant and dumb like that. But, like... Right, me too. One can only hope that... But, like, I had... like As the completely objective third-party outsider, right? I was like, girl, he's gonna kill that boy. Like, you should have stayed. And then, sure enough, when she's like and the the boy is safe and castile's like uh fuck no he he killed that boy and poppy's like what and i'm like yeah like really you're you're surprised <laughs> right um <laughs> yeah yeah i was like come on girl mm-hmm. um i loved that she carved the tulis's name in um, yes in the memorial area mm. I thought that was really um, powerful that she because she understood what drove them to that point you know she understood and didn't hold a grudge even though Mr. Tulis was like you know he definitely almost killed her right yeah um, mm-hmm. also I did have this funny moment for a second where I was like did she know their first names or did she literally carve <laughs> Mr. Tulis and Mrs. Tulis? Like, right. Cause we knew that the baby's yeah, I na- don't know. We knew that the baby's name was Tobias, but like, I have a feeling that she was just like, Mr. Tulis, <laughs> Mrs. Tulis. <laughs> um, and there was something, I don't know, cute about that to me. Um, mm. but yeah, I just loved that. Um, that um step that she took and i thought that was very beautiful um so he so um i have one uh i think i have one last no i have a couple more things so one of the things so when she had her nightmare um Uh and he was come he being castile was comforting poppy after her nightmare Um, he says something to her about the past not staying where it should. And I had this moment where I was like, yeah, like it doesn't stay like in an ideal world, 
we would all realize that we can't change the past and what's past is gone, you know, like, and it would stay where it belongs. But like, I was like, that's such a, and maybe that should have part of been one of my favorite quotes or whatever, but like Mm. just that idea, like that, that's how you talk about grief instead of it just being like, because grief has many different things, right? Grieving the loss of somebody or a traumatic event or who you used to be. But like, I thought it was a very interesting way to talk about grief in the aspect of the past is not staying where it's supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So oh, I thought that was really beautiful. There's also really beautiful. There's also the part after... Um, um, Castile takes down all the dead people from uh, the dining hall or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and she asks him about it later. And she's like, why did you do that? And he mentions that um, sh- that he or she reminded him that there should be dignity and death for everybody, even those that you loathe or killed <laughs> in his... <laughs> In his case. Um, And I thought that was really powerful, too, because I think there's merit to that, you know, just in general, like just because somebody did something awful, you being awful back, it's like two wrongs don't make a right, you know, like it in some instances doesn't make you any better than the like if the other person did something awful and then you do something awful back when they're dead or when they're alive, whatever, in some aspects, it makes you know better than them, you know? Like, yeah. That's, that's interesting because I agree. Like, I don't believe in the whole eye for an eye yeah. thing. But I was also just thinking that I don't know that I agree with her. Like, everyone deserves a dignified death. Well, by the end of this book, she doesn't, she doesn't agree with herself either. <laughs> Because, like, I, I I don't know. People who commit atrocities, I don't really know that I don't care how they die. And I don't it's, it's think not that so they much, deserve. It's not so much how they die. It's what happens to them after they're dead. As a quick side note, you know, it's dignity in death, not in their death, you know, like, you know, again, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's that really interesting thing. So like, I'm someone who loves true crime, you know that about me. Um, And it's an interesting, I'm going to say the word dichotomy. I will be honest. I don't always know exactly what dichotomy means. But I think this is the right place to put it. It's an interesting dichotomy to sort of look at it because these people who are murdering people, there's no excuse for it. There's no, like, um, this is not me saying (laughs) they shouldn't be arrested. They shouldn't be tried for their crimes. They shouldn't pay for what they've done. Nothing like that. But it's interesting because when you look into true crime, you start to realize very quickly that these people who are doing these things are products of 
horrific home lives. And that's not an excuse because there are plenty of people who come from horrific home lives who don't end up murdering people. So again, like, I'm not saying, if you had a hard life, go. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Bless you. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. And this is not me saying, like, if you've had a hard life, go ahead and murder people because I'm not saying that. But, like, there is some truth to the hurt people, hurt people thing, right, in whatever aspect of that that means Mm -hmm. and um and oftentimes at least in true crime by the time that they're murdering people there are so many times that if someone had shown them dignity not so much in their death but had shown them that they were worth something or tried to help rehabilitate them like it's at least something to think about of would they have continued down the path that they were clearly on right because like so many times by the time they're murdering people they've been arrested for uh like larceny and maybe are like arson or um crimes that are still not okay but like much smaller scale crimes than murder and then by the time they get to murder people are like i who could have seen this coming and it's like (laughs) well i don't know let's take a look at their rap sheet you know like um so it's again not excusing the murder part that's horrible and awful and you know people need to pay if they um commit crimes but it's like it's an interesting thing to sort of look at both sides of it like did these people come out like immediately draining the blood from babies no (laughs) now did they make choices that took them there yes should they be responsible for that yes but like it's just it's weird because it's like everybody's human quote unquote like I don't know it's weird because there's no right answer I mean maybe there's there's a more right answer but like it's I don't know I don't know where I was going with that I thought I had a point maybe I did and it's gone I don't know um but I think it just falls under that category of nothing is black and white you know like Mm -hmm. yeah that's a pretty big category. I know. Um, in the books we've been reading. And though just the world in general, right? Because nothing is black and white. So uh-huh. um, I'm trying to see. Okay. I don't think there's any more big things. I just have a couple things that I just want to like, like rapid fire. Like, oh, this is so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I'm done. But as I'm rapid firing, I might see other notes. And so I'll let you know if that's the case. So, okay. <laughs> Remember earlier when I was like, I don't know what this thing means. I figured it out. Um, Okay. So, um, it's, she's left the hall after, it's way at the beginning of the book. Poppy's Mm -hmm. left the hall after Castile has been like, we're getting married. And she's like, I don't remember being asked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she like leaves and Kieran follows her. And, um, and she they're sort of talking about um the people who are dead and like i think he just killed um he being castile just ripped the heart out of the dude 
And, like, she's just having a really hard time with all these dead people hanging in the hall. The heart that he just ripped out. She's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then she... Um, um, they're talking, and she's like, I feel a little bit of pity for Mr. Tulis, but I feel pity for his family and, like, all of this stuff. And then Kieran's, like, pity for the family is rightfully p- placed, you know? Like, that's bad. And she, like, is surprised. And he's like, you don't think I'm capable of compassion? And she's like, I don't know what you're capable of. And then she has this moment where she's like, that's not fair. Like, I'm sorry that I, you know, and, and I just... It was like the first step of them bonding. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. (laughs) Um, So that was the first one. Then, did you notice, um, a little bit more into the book, they were counting... um, They... What were they fighting? Oh, Craven. They were fighting Craven after she ran away. Um, And... They oh yeah, and they were they were counting between Castile and, and Poppy, Poppy who would kill the most. Yeah, and do you know what that reminded me of? Uh, we just watched these, Alex. What did we? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, it, it reminded me it. of Legolas and Gimli from Lord of the yeah. Rings. Oh my um, god! Like. That's so great. I didn't even think of that, obviously. Yeah. Uh. That still only counts as one. Right? Like, that was... I loved that so much. Mm. Um, And then this one says, Concerned she beat you. Oh, so they get back to the castle. Kieran's like, what were you guys doing out there? And they were like, oh, (laughs) because they had sent Kieran back. Um, mm-hmm. and, right, and, right, right. and Kieran was like, I was starting to get a little concerned, Castile, that she did beat you. And, and you, <laughs> I was about to come get you. And Castile's like, you seem so concerned sitting here by the warm fire, like, <laughs> you know, and then Kieran's like, um, you know, and they, they, he's like, we ran into some Craven. And Kieran's like, oh my god, how many? And <laughs> Castiel's like, 12. And Kieran's like, turns to Poppy and he's like, how would have that worked out with just you and your butter knife or whatever? <laughs> and mm. then, um, like, I just thought that was really cute. Um, let's see here. Um, <laughs> the part where they run into Alistair in the hallway and Kieran keeps trying to, like, hide her behind him and then <laughs> and she's like i'm he can see me i'm right here <laughs> yes i just i just i could just picture like her keeping like peeking up behind him and him like shifting over and her being like he can see me you dumbass uh-huh i also uh-huh. had this moment where it was like he can probably also smell her right like if he's woven oh, and right you know like i didn't even think about that part of it but like yeah. he can <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. pr- probably smell you too, but um, I thought that was very cute. Um, and then um, they're talking about oh, so she and um, Kira, so Poppy and Kieran are talking about like different bloodlines, and she's like, maybe I'm one of the changing bloodlines. 
<laughs> and then she goes, wait, I can't change form. And then she's like, I haven't tried. And then she's like, should I? And then she's like, I don't know. Probably knowing my luck, my other form would be a barat. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, those R-O-U-S's. Yes. I don't think, for 170 usual size, I don't think they exist. Um, and then when she got drunk, I thought that was so cute. Don't you remember? Like, when they were at... Oh, I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Elijah. I loved him so much. And I'm so sad that he's dead. Like... Oh, I know. Oh, I... As soon as she was like, do you want a present? Again, Lord of the Rings vibes. Because they remember, like, I was like... And she's like, get the catapults ready. And as soon as she said that, I was like... I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know, I know. If, if for sure it was going to be heads, but I was like, they are about to catapult them with body parts. Like, I was like, this is yep. about to be really gross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I know. I yeah. was so surprised by the Duchess because for some reason, like, I don't know, just because it's insinuating, insinuated that, like, maybe she was also abused by the Duke, that, like, therefore that made her a, a decent person and she wouldn't be capable of what she is at the end of the book. Mm. Which, like, just because you may or may not be abused doesn't mean that you're a good person like those two things are completely separate right um so i don't know why we can go I, back like, to my conversation about serial but... killers <laughs> right like that's a good case in point there right mm-hmm. um yeah i know it, it I mean, but there's something to be said about like hope for i think that's why so many people like villains in in stories is because we like having that hope that there's something good in people you know Mm -hmm. like um yeah i'm glad she's dead though (laughs) and i'm glad poppy's the one who got to kill her like Uh um and part of it is is not even so much because of the duchess like part of it is because she didn't get to kill the duke for everything that he had done Mm. to her you know like Mm -hmm. Um, not that I'm like, let's kill people for other people's issues. Also, not that I'm like, let's kill people, period. <laughs> but in books, right? Like, uh-huh. Um, right. But yeah, um, I'm glad it was Poppy who got to do it is, is mostly what I was, mm-hmm. was getting at. Um, but yeah, I just loved, I loved Elijah. I was so sad that he was dead. Um... I think this is an autocorrect issue because I really don't know what this is saying. Um, hmm. Oh my god, can I tell you? So when they, she said that Magda's, okay, this is not part of my note, but I just saw Magda's name on this page, so that's what reminded me of it. When she said that Magda's head was part of, like, the ones on there, I had this moment where I was like, 
But didn't they say that she was pregnant? Like that was going to stop them from killing her. And then I was like, no, someone else was pregnant. And then later when she was like, and Magda was expecting the baby. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> of course they wouldn't hesitate to kill a pregnant woman. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God. I was hoping that it was somebody else who had been pregnant. Like, not that I wanted Magda to die either. But I was just, I had been hoping that she. Um, you still had some hope. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Got it. So on this page. Um, it's right after she helped heal everybody after Cheney came to Mm -hmm. New Haven and, um, Elijah is like, that was really cool of you to like do that. Even though not everybody let you do it. Like pain is often the biggest obstacle to healing and like all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. Um, and, um, he's like. He's also like, I haven't gotten the chance to congratulate either of you on the upcoming nuptials. To be honest, every day I half expected to find the prince sliced up in all the ways a man fears and then Castile laughs and he's like you're not the only one I expected to be picking up pieces of myself and then he goes but I was told once that the best relationships are the ones where passions run high and then Kieran says I wonder who told you that and then Elijah goes it was me that was me <laughs> like <laughs> I just oh like uh-huh. it's just yep. I uh, yeah and then did you notice the part after the dead bones clan attacked them when Castile's pulling the arrows out of his own back and <laughs> one of them gets stuck and then Poppy's like, oh, that arrow seemed to get stuck on something important, probably like an organ or something. I don't remember that, but that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very funny. Um, also, I was just really surprised that I didn't think about the fact that Pompeii was literally named Pompeii and that it would be a graveyard. Like, of course it would be a graveyard because that's what Pompeii is today, right? Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Especially yep. after... Obviously I didn't think about Especially that after I was so proud of myself in the first book being like, of course the Atlanteans are still around because it's basically named after the most famous hidden, like, like, quote unquote, hidden city in the whole, you know, mythology of everything. And mm-hmm. so of course their city is still around this. Like I didn't even think to myself, well, of course Pompeii is going to be a giant graveyard because that's what the Pompeii in Italy is, is just a giant graveyard. So I felt mm-hmm. kind of like a big dummy about that. Well, I'm right there with you because until you just said <laughs> that, I didn't. Um, that. And then I have two last notes. One, when she was learning how to ride a horse and that she learned that her horse's name was Molly. She had this brief moment where it would be really, she thought it would be really embarrassing to be killed by a horse named Molly. <laughs> and I thought that was the cutest thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cute. And then also I've decided I would like to be a guardian because they are amazing and badass and they're all women. And they're like, not even are they all women, but they're from this like magical warrior bloodline. And I'm like... Right, and not only are they guardians, but, like, they train all of, mm-hmm. like, the Atlantean forces. Like, yes. they're in charge. And I was like, yes, finally. Mm-hmm. Like, someone is recognizing the power of women. <laughs> Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those are sort of all of my notes. I'm sure there's probably other things that I wanted to talk about that I can't remember, but 
you know, mm-hmm. that's that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, sorry I had way fewer notes. I just struggled to put this down. Don't like, even worry about just, it. Yeah. Um, we had plenty to talk about. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I am equal parts excited and super anxious to read book three because book four is not out yet. And uh, I have so many feelings, um, but it is what it is. Anything else? I don't think so. All right. So as always, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at UPM Pod Official. We're on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And as always, you can email us at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. We will see you next week. Bye.